Hey, what's up, guys? Another episode of Eastern Current. Do you like that? Do you like that I, camera work? I like there? the camera work, though, on a tripod. Yeah, man, it was awesome. Just a uh, little, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a nerd. How are you guys doing? Hope everybody's doing all right. I hope we got a few people on here. We got about six people on. Make sure you share this with all your friends. There we go. We got some people jumping on. We'll banter a little bit. I mean, it's so banter. cold out. People are probably just rushing home to Start get a on Facebook. Fire in your fireplace, yeah. hop on Facebook and check it out. We thought about doing that. We thought about, yo, what's up, Sydney? Good to see you. This is, oh, what up is Sammy? Let's get it. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm not really sure if it's Sammy or Sydney, Sammy? but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. This is episode 22. We're going to be talking about Texas Redfish. We got a couple guests on tonight. Uh, we got Caleb McCumber, who is a captain down in Texas and uh, does a lot of trout fishing, actually. Now that we've done a little pre-show conversation and uh, does a lot of uh, red fishing as well. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then we have another guest on that jumped on with us, uh, also on Skype, Taylor Roth. So he's, he's jumping on, uh, and we're going to talk to these guys about fishing in Texas, what that looks like. Um, and yeah, man, pretty good. But dude, you've been doing a lot of trout fishing lately, Judd. So I've tell been, me about I have it. been, I have been all kinds of trout. Um, I, uh, it, it was real fishing was real good about a week ago and then I left. I've been traveling for a week. I went up to Michigan actually and fish. We did a show last week from up there. Uh, yeah. Some steelhead did some steelhead fish and some steelhead trout. That was my first time. Totally doing jealous. That. Yeah. It was awesome. going to punch you in the face right that now. Awesome. I'm so mad. Um, but yeah, that was a good time and came back and, and had, a, had a few trips here and then went back up to, uh, Asheville this weekend. And then today was my first day back on the water, um, in a few days, but it was good fishing some new stuff and or new stuff for this year. And, um, the fish were there and it was, it was productive. It was a fun time, but yeah, it's, it, I think it's going to be a little tough the next couple of days with this, uh, this cold weather that the whole, whole country is seeing, but um, yeah. they were chewing really hard before this front rolled in. Dude, this morning it was 74 when I went into the office and then when I walked out of the office, it was like 54. <laughs> it's crazy. And then it was, uh, yeah, and you could have worn shorts and t-shirt. Yeah. I think it was like 44 when I get out of the car here. So we'll see. It's probably going to keep dipping. Yeah. It's going to get but, cold. I think 30 is the high tomorrow. Yeah. Sweet. Well, Hey guys, if you're watching, Make sure you like, share, comment, whatever. Uh, we're going to be giving away one of these fish prints here. Actually, this very fish print. That exact one. By VB Fish Prints. Go follow them on Instagram for all the fish print action. Pretty yeah, sick stuff Yeah, so I think what she's there. doing is like you can you can get your fish to her, and she will paint it up and, oh, and wait do that second. print. Really? Yeah, so it's like it's like a almost like a mount, but in a print form. It's pretty cool. Wait, wait, wait. So she's like dipping the, the, the fish in the ink and then... Yeah, she'll, she'll like paint. I think the way you do it, you paint the ink onto the fish, and then you can kind of oh, dude, you there's gotta a... roll it like real, real smooth on the paper, and you get the scales and you get everything out of it. And like the albacore on the on here, you can't really see the scales, but obviously they don't really have have scales much. But um, it, yeah, that's it's pretty it's super sick. Cool. She's done some really cool yeah, stuff. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I think that's uh, my wife uh, was a an art teacher for one year, and so that was a I can't remember the type of of ink or printing that is. But I it's forget like, what it's it has called. A particular name. Yeah, yeah I think it's I an remember. Asian uh, an Asian art. Yeah, style. something like that. But yeah, so, so she, tomorrow she's going to she's gonna be at Waterline Brewing. The, the reason they're doing this giveaway is yeah, she's going to be at Waterline Brewing here in Wilmington tomorrow doing like a little art show, free wine and booze, and um, they're going to do a little um, some free raffles there as well. So go check it out at Waterline Brewing. It's, it's from 6 to 8 tomorrow in, in uh, downtown Wilmington. And take your fish and just hand it to her and be like, Yeah, bring this. all your raw fish and just <laughs> drop them on the table there. Uh, that's awesome, man. That's pretty sick, dude. That's pretty cool that she'll take your fish and do it. I didn't know yeah, that. Definitely. That was a surprise. I thought that was something that she was like painting or doing. I was like, dang, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, either way, it's cool. Yeah, but yeah if you can sick. do it with your own fish, I think that's awesome. Awesome. Well, man, we'll jump right into our sponsors here. Judd and I, I haven't been on the show in last week. It feels like forever, though. I yeah, it's been a little while. Since last month, but it was just literally just one week. But one week away <laughs> is like a eternity away. It is, it is. So getting back in the groove here, so pretty good. But let's go ahead and jump into our sponsor shout-outs. I uh, want to give iStrike a big thank you. Those guys support our show like crazy, so get on their website. Use the discount code EASTERNCURRENT10, all caps, one zero, um, to go on there and save an additional 10%, which there's That's several ways to sell. Uh, I forgot. Did you miss the that pressure last week? last week? I was like, and we have a, uh, we've got a, a discount code, and then I just jumped on to the next thing because I forgot what it was. Uh, go check out Cito, uh, really good friends of ours here in town, uh, the Wilmington Riceville Beach area. Cito, go, uh, go call Scott. Cito Scott is what I call him. My wife said, "Do you really call him now?" I'm like, "Yeah, call him." And he answers, "I'm like, what's up, Cito Scott?" Like his first name is Cito in my mind. Uh, so we got Afco and Marshware. Appreciate that partnership. Uh, They're in town. They're in town. I think we might try to fish tomorrow if we get some weather. Dude, I hope, he, I hope you get to. It's supposed to be blowing, what, 40? Uh, it's supposed to be blowing like 40, but maybe tomorrow afternoon we'll get a little window. 
Yeah, well, hopefully so. So, uh, speaking of booking trips, go to Eastern Angling. Uh, go to Judd Brock Fishing on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Find him, book a trip. Tearing up the trout. He's not going to tell you, but I will tell you, it was lighting in on the trout today. It was lighting good. In. It was good. And I was, uh, I was uh, putting together real estate deals, jealous as could be. He called out. I was like, <laughs> uh, you want to come fishing? And you're like, I can't. I got to sell houses. I got to sell houses. Got to feed that baby. Uh, speaking of selling stuff, Thorpe Creative, call me. I'll sell you a t-shirt and a hat and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, CT Custom Lures, uh, guy Cody here in town, makes custom flies. Really sick stuff he's putting out there. So yeah, some really, really cool good creative stuff. And then speaking of real estate, KBT Realty with Keller Williams. That's a group I work with. And yeah, man, we're having fun, dude. Selling, putting, putting some deals together, helping people buy them, buy themselves homes. And Heck yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. And that that offer still stands. First person to buy a house with Billy from the show gets Ooh. a free fishing trip free trip from billy he's gonna pay for it <laughs> perfect you gotta buy a big house though real big house yeah it's like a three hundred thousand plus house and i will buy your trip uh let's see who's jumping on real quick before we bring our audience on or awesome. not our audience our guests on so we got john jonathan what's up guys thank you so much mark maynard thanks for thanks for watching let us know where you're watching from uh jonathan matthew says judson stop playing around and come down to florida <laughs> I'm hoping to get down there here soon. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Dude, if it's warm in Florida right now, we, I might be down there this afternoon. Or, yeah, well, tonight, this I mean, afternoon, tomorrow, tomorrow, whatever, afternoon. tomorrow afternoon. You missed this afternoon. Whatever next afternoon is, I'm going to be down there. <laughs> so cool. Let's go ahead and bring on our guests right now. I'm going to bring them both on at the same time. Here we go. What's up, Caleb? So Caleb on hey, the how's it going? on my left, and then and then Taylor there in the camouflage hoodie with the down south lure uh, hat. So welcome, guys. Welcome to Eastern Current. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thanks for having us. Go take it away. Yeah, be a good I don't know what else to say. Wait. I get so nervous on the Skype because there's like this slight delay. I'm always afraid I'm going to interrupt somebody. But yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we're we're uh, we're excited to have you on here, and we've never done this many people on, on Skype, you guys. So hopefully it all flows real well. But um, if not, give us a second. We'll be jumping right back on. Hopefully the tech nerd crap doesn't break. I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> You're going to be fired. I'm going to get fired from my free job. So, guys, let's jump into this real quick. And, Caleb, we'll start with you. Um, tell, give us a little bit of background, maybe how you got into the sport of fishing and, you know, became a, a, a guide and a captain. Um, and then once you're done, Taylor, you can just take off right right on the tail end of that and, and give us your story as well. Yeah, so I grew up freshwater fishing in my younger years, um, then moved on to saltwater as I, as I got older. I didn't aspire to be a guide or a tournament fisherman or anything like that. Uh, and then uh, just the competitive edge of it got to me. And I'm, I have an obsessive personality to where whenever I start something, I, I, uh, I can't stop until I'm as good as I can possibly be at it. The one thing led to another and captain's license and tournament fishing. And here we are now. Right on. What do you like more tournament fishing or guiding? Oh, I hope no customers are listening, but I'll live for tournament <laughs> fishing. It's a, uh, yeah, tournament fishing is fun. I, I'm not into it like y'all are. I do little small tournaments around here, but it's just, it's fun. That extra drive you don't even realize you have when you get out on the water is killer. You know, it, money and, and trophies are great, but at the end of the day, you're just there to beat your friends so you can talk <laughs> about it the next day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, how about you? How'd you get into it all? Uh, like most people, uh, grew up my dad fishing, and uh, you know, would go with him, and and kind of took what he what he taught me, and kind of expanded it, and expanded my knowledge and and everything on that sort. Um, and then you know, we started tournament fishing. I did a couple local little tournaments, and was like, man, this is pretty fun. So went from the local tournaments to a little bigger tournament trails. And, you know, won a few here and there, got top five, actually took us a while to win, you know, actually get a first place. But we uh, got a couple top fives and second places and stuff like that. And then finally got us a W, I think, two years ago. We've had a couple since then, but it's tournament fishing's fun. I mean, that's just like, like Caleb said, you're there to beat your buddies. <laughs> that's the main thing. You want to beat your buddies so you can, so you can smack talk to them. But as sure. it. And have you guys fished a bunch of tournaments like against each other or with each other? Uh, we fished a couple together, um, and then we've actually fished against each other quite a bit. So um, he's not my tournament partner normally, unless I need somebody. And my tournament partner that I fish with all the time, 
actually whenever I can't fish, he always calls Caleb to fish with him. So he's okay. We, we've had a bit of a love triangle for the past uh, couple of years down here. Oh, that, that's always dangerous, man. Those love triangles will bite you in the butt eventually. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome though. Yeah. It's uh, it's always something I've wanted to get more into. I think I'm going to try to fish this little bit of a, uh, we've got a winter series here and I'm going to try to jump into it and maybe do a little bit more in the summer, but I'm always like every summer I'm like, oh, I'm going to get into it. And then I start booking trips and I forget to put it down on the calendar and then it kind of rolls past. But, um, yeah, super fun, super fun. Um, so are you, are you, y'all do a lot of trout fishing as well? Not just red fishing. Texas is pretty famous for big trout. And as we were saying, pre-show that y'all live kind of near some of the best trout fishing, maybe the Texas coast has. Yes. Um, we, we definitely have one of my favorite fisheries on the Gulf coast right here down the road from Taylor and I, uh, there's another area further south that, that kind of rivals it, but we've, um, we've seen more success up here from, from what I've seen. Um, I've been a, a big trout guy for the better part of the decade and it's what I lived for, but we've, we've moved on to more, um, of the redfish tournaments just from a, for a financial standpoint. Gotcha. Gotcha. So those big redfish pay better. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Is it because they're larger tournaments, more people fish in those redfish tournaments or just better payouts, better sponsors? As, as a whole, you can count on having more boats in a redfish tournament. Okay. Um, most of the better redfish tournaments have been around a long time. So yes, they have sponsorships and, and whatnot to help them pay better. It, I, I don't know why, but it doesn't seem like a uh, trout tournament holds up over the years like a redfish tournament does. Gotcha. So, yeah, it, I mean, we have multiple tournaments that are paying 20 grand or better down here. And I can think of two or three trout tournaments that uh, can even come close to that. Yeah. 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 20 grand is a good paycheck. It's a real good paycheck. For sure. For sure. So um, let's talk a little bit, Caleb, about it before we can jump into it. Cause I like people, we usually have a good number of people watching right off the bat, just your guide business and, and kind of how that started and how people can get a hold of you. Um, if they want to come down there and fish and, and just a little bit of that story. Okay. So I'm, I'm captain Caleb McCumber on Facebook. Um, C A B T underscore Caleb McCumber on Instagram. My website is C A P T Caleb.com. That's captain Caleb.com. Um, we drift, we wade, uh, we'll do just about anything you want to do. Right on, right on. Well, I might have to slide down there and do a little bit of fishing with you. I, I, I really want to come do some, some trout fishing and, and whatnot Dude. in Texas. But I think that's where you got to go catch those 30 plus. I know. It might be where I've got to go to do it. So if anybody's watching the show and you haven't caught a dirty 30 to win the, the, the mug, I don't have one. I actually got like a different pattern here tonight. But um, be, maybe just go book a trip in Texas. And yeah. Go down there and might be what one. you have to do. I'm going to book a $1,000 trip so I can win a $25 mug. <laughs> <laughs> how many uh, How many 30-inch trout get caught down there on a weekly basis? Is that a weekly thing? Uh, you know, I would say true 30s in, in our area, maybe one or two a week uh, over the whole Gulf Coast. I don't know, four or five. There, there's so many guys that are very, very, very good at fishing, and you're never going to hear anything about what they did or what they caught. Yeah, so yeah. That's, that's a moving target to even try um, to pin down. Try to guess, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. That's, that's still strong numbers, though. I mean, I think I've heard of maybe three or four 30 inch trout caught so far, you know, since midsummer till now. Um, but it's, uh, like, like you said, I feel like there's a lot of people that maybe kind of keep it under wraps and it doesn't hit social media and whatnot, but all right. So enough about trout. Well, let's kind of jump into this, this red fishing there. And so one thing that I've always heard about, and the only place I've ever fished in Texas is, is Galveston Bay. And it was definitely shallow, but you just, you see all these different styles of boats down there and. Um, you, you, I've just heard of how shallow everything is down there and getting around and, and, uh, and whatnot can be a little difficult, but how does that play into the fishing and, and, and the navigating and all that down there? Well, boat selection is going to be a, a big deal. Uh, the majority of us run cat style boats down here to where we, most of our areas, we're going to have to cross bigger water to get to, uh, where we're going. So the flat bottoms, they'll beat you up a little bit. The cat will keep us skinny but eat the chop pretty well also. Right on, right on. Um, are, are you, uh, so you're running a cat, are you running tower boats for the most part too? Most people run with a, with a tower if they're doing a little more red fishing? I run a mid tower. There's a lot of tower boats out there. 
Um, I, to be dead honest with you, I don't think you need one. Um, I have mine mostly because we go to Louisiana and fish and the elevation helps you a lot more in Louisiana than it does here. Yeah. But the, the tower boats there, there, and maybe down South where the water's real clear, um, you know, they're good. But in the particular area that Taylor and I live in, we're looking mostly at, you know, mud clouds in the water, uh, wakes, wait, yeah, wakes, wakes push and stuff like gotcha. that. So it's not as much sight fishing, actually seeing that fish in the water and, and casting. It's kind of looking at those, those nuances and, and reading those. 75% of the year, yes, that's about how it is. You're, you're not being able to actually physically see the fish. You're just pushing it, or you're throwing at wakes that are pushing. You're throwing at a school that's pushing a big wake. But this time of year, the water starts clearing up real good around yeah. our area. And you can actually do a little bit of sight casting and see these fish 100%. I mean, you're, you're actually, you know, sight casting like you would in Louisiana or down in South Texas. So okay. this time of year is great for that kind of stuff. If you're going to go out and redfish, are you typically trying to, I know a lot of people wade for the trout. Is that the same deal for the redfish there? Or are you, are you fishing from the boat a little bit more? Or? You can do both. I mean, you'll catch redfish when you're trout fishing, of course, you know, when you're wading down the shoreline trying to catch trout, big trout, you're going to catch redfish too. But majority of mine and, and Caleb's fishing, you know, when we're redfishing, we're fishing out of the boat. Gotcha. Um, gotcha, gotcha. And, unless it's so shallow, we can't draft the boat there and we kind of got to get out in that situation, then, then we will. But In the tournaments there, can you get out of the boat and fish when you're fishing those redfish tournaments? Some of them. Okay. There, there's a few that, that, that in the rules that you, you're not allowed to get out of the boat, and uh, unless, of course, you're stuck or something like yeah, that. Yeah. But, um, but some of them. They're pretty strict about that in a lot of the tournaments up here. Is like you cannot, even if you're stuck, your foot cannot come out of the boat and touch the bottom or you're disqualified, which is crazy. Wow. But yeah, um, it's pretty crazy. But yeah, I just was always wondering. That would be a short day for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something, but I, I was gonna, I wasn't gonna say that, Caleb. I was gonna leave it alone. <laughs> you like bump the bottom? What got, is? is do, you, do you see a lot of boats getting stuck down there? Like, what is what is shallow water down there? Like, what are you running through a lot of times? I mean, we've ran. I mean, you run through as much as six to eight inches of water a lot okay i mean that's not that's not what we're fishing in you right, know, of right. course. but but i mean you'll run through that quite a bit now is that like skipping a sandbar or do you have like long stretches of six to eight inches of water you gotta run it depends there's there's spots where you gotta cross 200 yards of six to eight inches of water yeah, yeah. and then there's other spots where you're dodging re oyster reefs and yep. stuff like that i mean those are caleb's best friend <laughs> mine too i like those things <laughs> Uh, the the first the first day I took my my new boat up my new Maverick out this is like a year a year ago and I drilled a freaking oyster bar that I knew was there I just wasn't paying attention I was talking to my buddy that I was on the boat with and just smashed an oyster bar right off the, I mean I didn't even have I didn't even have I I'd broken it in and it was like the first hour of actually running the boat around and that's uh, the best time to do it's it it's the you best time to do it, it. you know you get you, you're like all right the scratches are there let's go and yeah, I can go fishing exactly the scratches are there you ain't gotta worry no more so what are you Taylor and I put a new Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. You're good. I said, Taylor and I put a new prop on my boat when it was 10 hours old. <laughs> oh yeah. That's awesome. Are you, are you running a, uh, a similar style boat, Taylor? I have a baby cat. It's a 16 foot. Um, it's a cat, a cat style boat. I mean, like you said, that's most of us run cat style boats down here. Yeah. Um, just cause the draft, they draft shallow. I mean, yeah. you're drafting nine to 10, 10 inches water and then you can still cross over you know, pretty good chop for sure. And, and not get, and not get beat to death in it. So. Yeah. I'm surprised it's not a more popular style boat up here. You see a few of them. Um, but, but that, that uh, it's a pretty productive, uh, would be a pretty productive boat up here as well. I mean, we've got those big tide swings, so you're not always dealing with that shallow water, but the red fishing is usually it's best at that low incoming and you're fishing and, and running around in some of that shallower stuff. So what are you looking for when you're, when you're going out and you're, you may be fishing a new area or, or something where you, you haven't fished in a while, what are some of those things you're looking for um, when you're targeting redfish down there in Texas? You want to go ahead, Caleb? Yeah, I mean, bait and, and water movement is the, the first two things that I think any of us are going to look for. Um, if we haven't been somewhere in a while, the water quality um taylor and i'll both will as as we're going in we're paying attention to see if we see if we're seeing any pushes uh from fish just any any telltale signs i don't i don't know that there's a you know specific one two three program that we're working on is you're just you're just looking for you know water movement bait and then signs of fish and going from there and if it 
if the tides high, we might push way further back in the marsh. If the tide's dumping out, we'll we'll stay closer to where the bait's being pulled to. Okay. And then uh, expand on the plan. How uh, how important is depth there, and 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 what you are doing in fishing? It all depends on on what what where you're fishing and and what you're doing. Like if we're fishing around a bunch of shell, which I'm a sucker for fishing oyster reefs. Yep. Um, and a lot of times, you know, you can't float over those oyster reefs if the tide's at a lower level. Um, so, you know, of course, those kind of spots I like to hit on a higher tide so I can float across of them. Okay. And, uh, and you know, those redfish hang out on those. I'm sure they're the same way there. I mean, oh, yeah. hang out on shell and stuff like that. So Definitely. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, you can catch redfish at all tides here, but that sight fishing for us, I'd say 90% of it with how big our tide swings are, it's that that first you know that it's the two hours around dead low tide so you're getting that water that's that's dropping out off the grass edge and, and you got a, a more of a mud edge and you've got um the oyster bars exposed and once it gets high it just gets so hard to sight fish you're really just having to you know work top waters and spoons and stuff in deeper water that's yeah. going to track the fish a little bit more but i didn't know if you know if most of your fish you're, you're targeting in there are going to be in, in like you know an eight to 12 inch deal or you you can you can catch them in, in deeper water and whatnot i'm sure it's similar to here yeah, yeah, I mean, we're mainly fishing in what a foot, foot and a half of water, Caleb, somewhere around there. Two foot. That's when we know, can see them, give or take. When yeah, when we're, them, yeah. we're we're actually able to see them push, you right. know, push awake and stuff right. like that. And this time of year is, I mean, it's it. If you want to go red fishing in Texas, this is the time of year. Gotcha. I mean, it's it's just epic right now as far as everything. It's easy. You're looking for birds and you're looking for schools. I mean, there's yeah. schools everywhere right now. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Do you get a lot of those, uh, those, those fish tailing out like here, if you're going to find tailing redfish, it's typically on a flood tide in the grass, but it seems like in Texas, a lot of those fish are tailing out on those flats and stuff way off, way off the bank. Is that pretty, pretty common to see? Well, sort of, I mean, uh, they definitely do that. And, but this time of year it's, it's more of they're pushing shrimp around. Gotcha. So they are on the bank. I mean, you'll, you'll find them right up against the bank in the grass and, especially this time of year with the tides like we have. We have pretty high tides this time of year until we get a couple fronts, and then it'll pull, push all the water out. But, uh, yeah, right now it's higher tides, and those fish are right up against the grass. Right on. Pushing. Are those yeah. shrimp kind of falling out and, and moving out into the bay? Is that what's going on? Yeah. Yes. I cool. mean, that is, it's it. whenever the first few fronts, we get a first good northern front, you know, you're, the shrimp will start migrating from, from the marsh to the bays, from the bays to the, to the Gulf. So. Gotcha. 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 What is uh what's a common day fishing on there? Like, what are you, what are you looking at numbers wise and what can you expect on the water to, to see? This time of year is this as many as you want to catch trout or redfish, to be honest with you. That's um, cool. I went out last Sunday by myself for 40 minutes and I think I let as many, as many trout go, you know, there's 30, 40 fish in 40 minutes and, and the red fishing can be the same way. This is November, December is the most magical time of the year in Texas to me, as far as just going and having a good time. This is when dad gets invited, brother-in-law gets invited, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, the customers all head to the deer blinds for some reason, but, but, uh, we're having a great time out here. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's a blast. I mean, take it like he said, he said Sunday, I think it was the Saturday before he went, uh, me and my usual tournament partner went and it was just, I mean, schools of redfish everywhere. We fish from 7 a.m. to noon at the latest, and we caught 30, 35 redfish, and 90% of them we were sight casting too. So that's awesome. Hey, I, I had a quick question. You guys, you guys jumped in early and, and said you go down and, and fish in Louisiana. And so where else are you red fishing at? So you red fish in Louisiana, you're red fishing down in Texas. Is there any other locations that you kind of go to and, and fish as well? Now, Louisiana and Texas are uh, our main two haunts. We have some really quality tournaments in both of those places. So when we have the extra time to do it, we want to spend the time there. Yeah, I just got back. I went to uh, Alma, Cocodry, and Venice a couple of weeks ago. And so we just kind of make that circle from Eastern Louisiana to South Texas. Okay. Gotcha. And do you feel like the, the, the fishing is pretty similar? Cause you know, a lot of our audience is watching from North Carolina. And so I always like to, to compare like different fisheries and different ways to fish act and depth location, you know, water temperature, just to kind of give a little comparison because, you know, I feel like 
fish are fish, but you know, it's like kind of just that comparison from your guys' perspective. Like, is it the same? Is it the same strategies you're using, or are you kind of switching those up quite a bit from where you're fishing there in Texas to Louisiana and some other places? So whenever I was in whenever I was in Venice, it was quite similar to Texas. Uh, it was grass flats, potholes, salt water. Um, you had to be real quiet. Your cast had to be right. You know, it could have just been the day that I was there, but it, it was it. You you there wasn't much room for error. I mean, if if you if you push on the trolling motor a little bit too hard, that entire cove was dead. Uh, up in Homa and Kokodri, where it was more freshwater, the fish there were super aggressive, and and honestly, a bad day there is is a a good day in Texas from from my experience. So it depends on on where you're at and um, uh, whether you're fishing that fresh brackish water or if you're you know down on the coast. What about you, Ted? To touch on what Caleb just said, you know, um, I would say Louisiana has got better red fishing than Texas, seventy-five uh, percent of the year. This time of year, I would say we're equivalent to the numbers that you're going to catch in Louisiana. Now, trout fishing, I would say Texas has got that every day. So, yeah. Um, if if y'all could, here's a question I was I was wanting to ask. We kind of talked about this in the pre-show, but if you could only fish. Redfish or trout the rest of your life in Texas? You couldn't you couldn't fish for the other one. What, what would y'all choose? There's both. You know, there's so much to offer that, on both sides. Redfish well, being a guy that. that's been, uh, I've been a trout lover all my life, but I would have to go redfish. Uh, they make my reels make loud noises, and uh, <laughs> what what we call the redfish rednecks are a lot more fun to hang out with. No doubt. The redfish is, is trout kind of like you're a little bit more of a like nose up in the air in Texas is. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, I'm kind of starting to that's a big sense head that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's a big head nod. I, I spent the you better part tell, of the hour day putting trout fire out. <laughs> that's awesome. I was. Uh, I remember Chris Bush. He was like, "Man, I hate a redfish. I always think it's a big trout, and then I just I, I hate a redfish." And and I I love them both, man. I, I'm with y'all. The redfish is. I love the sight fishing aspect of a redfish. I love the finesse aspect of of trout fishing. I think that there's a lot, and you, you learn so much from both both fish. And the techniques in which you fish for him. We have a buddy that's a big trout guy, and he he took it pretty hard whenever I left trout fishing with red fishing and gave me a lot of grief about it. <laughs> and the other day, he messed around and got into a lake with some schooling redfish in it, and he called me and said, "Oh my God, I can't believe how awesome that was! Now I see what your what your problem is and why you're not trout fishing anymore." So there it, you go. It's addicting. What is uh? What's y'all's best? personal days on redfish in texas numbers wise or what, what are we what are we talking about? numbers but also you know just whatever whatever sticks out in your head whether it might not be numbers but it was just an awesome day what what was y'all's favorite days on redfish man the, it, ha it has to be the schooling days the schooling it days. has to be the days where you know you uh taylor and i have, have we've been we fished together to where there's schools of 50 to 100 fish in front of us in every direction you look there's a wake and you still have to make a good cast on it but when you make that cast you get rewarded yeah. and uh if you make that cast and you're and and taylor doesn't then you know you get to hammer him about it vice versa <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's, there's there's a, there's a lot a lot of fun to it now i've had days with uh taylor's partner robert where we went out and fished for an hour and each of us had a slot over 10 pounds. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know which one to call our best day, but I think it's just those days where there's, there's school after school and it's just a constant day of catching. And frankly, I don't care if they're all five pounders as long as, uh, yeah. I, I'm entertained and, and we have a good time. Right on. Now here's a question that kind of I'm thinking of there is, to catch a, a slot redfish that's 10 pounds, is that mostly because you're catching the crap out of the redfish and you're just kind of culling through them? Or is there an art to, you know, finding that 10 pound slot redfish? They're not everywhere on the Texas coast. You'll catch, so slot limit here is 20 to 28. Okay. Um, now, not everywhere on Texas, you're going to catch a 27 and 7 eighths fish that's going to be 10 pounds. You know, a lot of times in your bays and in your lakes and stuff that that 27 and 7 8 fish might only weigh seven and a half to eight and a half pounds you know give right. or take so to catch a 10 pounder 
there's there's very few areas that actually have those fish, those quality of fish there mm-hmm. that have the backs and the stomachs and the, and it's all about what they're eating. Yeah, I mean, we've noticed kind of here that um, I mean I've noticed I'm sure Caleb can say the same that uh, the fish here that are eating shad are definitely your bigger your fatter fish than the fish say that there's more shrimp and or or crab or something like that. So we kind of look for shad whenever we're looking for these tournament, you know, big, fat, heavy shoulder tournament redfish. We're looking for shad in numbers okay. to find these redfish that are that are there. So, so when you say shad, are you talking about menhaden, like pogies, bunker? Is that this, is that what you are calling shad? Okay. Yes. Cool. Yeah, there's so many names for them, so you just never know. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. There's all every every state basically they call them something. Different. Yeah, up here it's uh it's pogies. That's the big name for them. Or menhaden sometimes, but you get bunker and fatbacks. There's so many names. But um, yeah, that that's that's cool. I mean, a ten a ten pound slot redfish here is pretty unheard of. We, we've got our our slots seventeen to twenty seven, so you don't get that. You're missing an inch. But I mean, I, there's there's definitely some eight and a half, nine pound. And I'm sure there's been. 10 pound slot redfish caught here we're close to it but but i i don't think i've ever caught one that's for sure but that that's a, that's a nice fish there and let's hear uh i heard a little a rumor about taylor you had a pretty big stringer one day and one of the t- let's let's hear that story in the tournament yeah, maybe a record stringer <clears throat> yeah so so me and my uh tournament partner we actually hold the i guess you want to say texas record as far as two redfish weighed in in a tournament and for those two redfish was 19 pounds and 23 ounces mm-hmm. or not, I'm sorry, 19.23 is what the path, not ounces. So, um, it was a, it was a pretty epic day. I'd say, um, the actual big fish that we had, I caught was nine, eight and my tournament partner, he caught the other one that was nine, three. Now I'll tell you a little story on the nine, eight. It was a pretty cool little, I, I guess you want to kind of say side casting experience. Uh-huh. I had a top. All I had was a top water in my hand, you know, and that's what we've been throwing all morning, catching fish on a top water. And we're in this little, I guess you want to say bayou. It's probably 20 yards wide, 30, maybe 30 yards wide, and the whole bayou is shallow. It's a real shallow bayou. The deepest it is is about two foot, maybe one and a half, two foot. So I see this fish wake off, and he starts pushing. And I said, I told my partner, tournament partner, I said, hey, watch this. I'm about to catch that fish. And he's like, yeah, bull crap, whatever. So I go and I sling that top water and I, I land it 10 feet in front of that fish, just a perfect cast. And I, I twitch it twice and that fish, that weight disappears. Like it's just gone. And he's like, oh man, it, see, it ain't going to catch it. And so he goes to wind up and throw at it. And right at the time he's going to throw at it, that fish comes up from underneath, you know, that top water and just crushes it. Oh, that's awesome. And I, I'm fighting, and I'm like, oh, he's oversized. He's too big. You know, I, I can already tell by the way he's pulling drag, you know, hey, this fish is too big. I get him by the boat, and we go to net him, and it's actually a nine-pound, eight-ounce fish that is only 27 and a quarter inches. I mean, he's <laughs> three-quarters of an inch, you know, well within 28. How many so, times did you double-check that? I feel like I, <clears throat> I measured that wrong or something like that. We checked the weight on that fish – multiple times because we did not believe that you know that fish we even took it out like we went after we caught the second fish we took them both out again weighed them again and just kind of double checked on bogus just to see what it weighed because we didn't <laughs> believe it we we're just it t- put it this way the tournament the weigh-in was at four o'clock or yeah three to four and we were done fishing at 10 o'clock that day and heading to the boat ramp. That's we were, awesome. We were, You're like, if somebody beats it was us just there. One of those <laughs> yeah, if somebody beats that, that's basically what we said. Yeah. We've been beaten many times with 17 pounds. Like we brought in 17 pounds and we're like, oh, we, we should have this, you know, beat. Because the usual tournament here, you know, if you have 17 plus, you're you're doing really good. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, a solid first to third place. So with 1923, I said, if somebody brings in heavier than that, I'll tip my cap to him and hey, good <laughs> <Yeah>. job. <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Well, let, uh, let's, uh, we're getting some questions about tackle. I think it's a good time to kind of jump into um, talking about what y'all use as well as like presentation when you're sight fishing or fishing to pushing fish or, um, you know, mudding fish. And so let's start with, with, let's start with presentation baits aside, like you're, you're out there, you're either sight fishing or you're looking for waking fish or or mudding fish. What are, what are you, what's y'all's presentation on those, on those fish? Or I know that's kind of a, 
broad question, but but kind of break that down a little bit. I just so when we're, when we're, if, my, if my phone dies, I'll call or I'll get back in. My phone's pretty low on battery, so okay. You if know. you want to slide and just grab a charger while we're while we're live now, that we, you can. Do yeah, that I'll do that real quick. Okay, yeah, cool. man, go for it. Go ahead, Caleb. Jump in there. So when we're chasing um, fish that we can see side casting, nine times out of ten, we're throwing a jig head with a plastic on it. Um, Taylor will throw it in front of him, and he kind of has a twitch, twitch, twitch thing that he does myself i like to throw it in front of them and then i'll i'll bump it once or twice and then usually i just retrieve it back in so that to me the fish feels like it scared something and it'll get that reaction out of it for uh, bouncing it around on bottom um we don't we don't sight cast much with top waters unless we're just goofing around having fun it's almost always a uh, a jig head in a plastic situation okay is there a certain weight uh, jig head you prefer, or does that really just depend on the depth you're fishing? We throw quarters most okay. of the time. Um, I have here, you know, that's a that's a knotty hooker that is down here. We like it. It's got a sideways eye in it rather than than uh, than most. Yeah. But what this does is it, it, it. I'm trying to find my camera here. It <laughs> lets the uh, it lets the bit the bait swim true. Hey, there we go. Um, the quarter we like to actually we can really throw it. Uh, if the fish are moving really fast, we'll move up to a three eighths or sometimes even an ounce. Uh, the eighths and the sixteenths they don't really have a place in the tackle box for for what we're doing. A, a quarter is going to be ninety uh, percent of the time. You want to be able to get that distance and, and quickly. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right on. Is there a, uh, a a certain soft plastic you prefer? A certain color combination you prefer when when sight fishing? I'm a golden black guy. Nice. I, I throw gold and black almost all the time. This is a three inch DOA uh, cow shad. This is my, my favorite uh, lure that I own, this color, this shape, everything. Um, then we have the down south lure uh, in the red shad, and there's some other colors. Taylor throws a lot of down south. Uh, I'll throw them too. Uh, they, have, they have a smaller tail, so it's, you're going to get a lot of action, a lot of vibration out of them versus the DOA that has a you know a bigger more methodical move water tail it seems like when the fish are more skittish and not really uh, liking a lot going on around them that smaller tail will get bit more than the the bigger tail that seems to be bothering them and then vice versa if i'm in dirtier water i want a bigger tail that's putting off more vibrations and and bringing them to it right on so how do you how do you feel um, matching the hatch? Does that feel like something that really needs to happen with redfish? Does that pay off, or more so just getting something in front of them, moving it? Like if so, they're eating crabs, uh, throwing something I, that resembles that color or shrimp, you know that shape. Well, I, I was once told that that there's no substitute for putting it in front of their face. But but yeah, if if they're eating smaller stuff, I like to throw smaller stuff. If they're eating bigger stuff, I like to throw bigger stuff. Um, Whenever they're really, really keen on shrimp, I feel like a rat tail is a better idea than a swim bait, just because that rat tail kind of has that that twitchy, poppy action that a shrimp fleeing would versus the the paddle tail. So I've I've been in situations where there's 30, 40 redfish in front of us for three days and couldn't catch a one of them because we didn't have a lure small enough to do it. I was fishing with a a guy named Scott Noel, who's a fly guy, and he was tying flies and throwing at them because the, the fish were just so small they wouldn't touch anything we threw at them yeah that's crazy yeah it's it, I, i'd agree with you i think it's 90 percent of the time just getting it in front of their face and, and moving it letting them feel like they found that bait as opposed to really forcing it on them but yeah there's times yeah, here too it's right. like it's crazy how how tough it can be to get them to eat stuff when they're so keyed in on a certain bait certain size or and you don't have it but um all right so rod are, are you are you one of those guys that really puts a lot into your rod when red fishing or, or um, you kind of all, all across the board on that? To me, a, a, a red fishing rod isn't quite as important as a trout fishing rod. Um, what's important to me is that it's got a lot of backbone. I can jerk a fish out of cover. I can, um, I can get him to the boat quickly. And when you're tournament fishing, you don't want to fight that fish and play him out for 10 minutes. You want to, get him in the boat for multiple reasons. A, uh, the less tired he is, the more likely he is to survive everything we fish in the live way in. Um, B, usually when you caught that fish, you there's a couple more with him, so you want to get him in quick, get him unhooked, and, and get that lure back out there at him. So uh, 
I, I would say I would say a, a good stout rod with but still has enough dip action that I can be accurate with my cast at the gotcha. same time. Um, are you throwing mostly spinning rods or bait casters or a combination of both? When we're when we're side casting or blind fishing uh, with top waters of plastic, I'm almost always throwing a bait caster. Okay. Um, the only time, but I I absolutely would not throw a popping cork with anything but a spinner. Okay. And that's mostly just because I'm lazy and it's easy to use. Right on. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that hasn't made its way up here quite as much as the bait caster. But a lot of the guys I see in Louisiana. Um, as well as when I fished over in Texas or, or throwing the bait casters. And I prefer, I like a bait caster as well, but I, I, I throw a spinning rod, I'd say a, a lot more of the time, but that bait caster, you can be so accurate. You can stop it. You know, you, you've, you've got a lot more you can do with it. So, um, what, what size, uh, reels are usually on a spinning rod? What size reels are you using for redfish? 25 and 3,500 or 3,000s really 2,500 to 3,000. Okay. That's more than enough. What's your, uh, what's your braid and, and leader set up? Um, leader, we don't even know what that is down here, but, um, uh, <laughs> anywhere from 30 to 50 pounds, Suffolk 832 is what I prefer. Okay. I know Taylor uses it a little bit different than I do, but, but 50 pound is, is where we both end up at. Right on. So you're saying y'all got, y'all got pretty dirty water. Taylor, are you back on now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Gotcha. Yep. We gotcha. Oh, yeah, we gotcha, man. I was going to touch on that. I got, uh, so I throw 50 pound majority of the time. I actually just recently started throwing a little bit of 65 too. Just like Caleb said, to get the fish in as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, so that's like he said, you know, you're trying to get it as quick as possible to the boat so you can get it in that live well. So I feel like that 65 just yeah, helps out a little bit. So. Yeah, for sure. That's 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 cool. That's something that that you never really hear of here. I mean, people will fish straight braid, but jumping up to 50, 65 pound, that's pretty cool. I've I've never done. I'll have to try it, especially in that. Well, I, our, I drag, our drag our drag is zero is our deal too, <laughs> yeah. though. Yeah. Now, are you doing if you're fish? Are are you ever fishing anything with treble hooks besides the top water for for redfish? Crank baits. Well, we use some wake baits. Yeah, use some wake baits and crank baits. Are you fishing the drag that heavy when you're throwing treble hooks as well too? Or are you lightening it up a little bit? A little lighter on that side because okay. you know you're going to straighten out some some treble hooks. Yeah. Um, now we do too. I don't know if Caleb's touched on this, but you know we fish a little bit of deeper structure too, as far as jetties and, and rivers like that. You know. And throw crankbaits a lot too. Okay, it's one of I, I know it's one of my favorite things, and I think Caleb, you know, he, he likes that kind of stuff too. So yeah, that's awesome. So break that down for me because I've I've never thrown. I mean, I've I've heard of you know throwing square bills and stuff for for redfish shallower, but I've never fished crankbaits in, in deeper water. <laughs> You'd about to tip over in there. <laughs> yeah, oh, knocked my. it over. That <laughs> <laughs> chair slippery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we we throw a lot of square bills off of a uh, off a of structure, whether it be timber, uh, rocks, um, jetties, anything like that. We we use them quite a bit. Um, we use rattle traps. We uh, it, really there's there. I don't think there's a wrong way to fish for a redfish. He's a big mean bass that lives in the salt water. So if they sell up the store, he'll probably eat it. Yeah. You know, rubber frogs. Uh, the other day, I had a fuzzy little mouse that somebody brought on my boat. I was throwing the mouse at the at, you know, just to see what would happen. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's an aggressive creature. When you're fishing, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. When they're feeding, I'm sorry. When they're feeding, you know, they're they're aggressive. There's videos of people catching all like jalapenos and stuff like that. Yeah. When they're chilled up and eating, I actually have a video. I think on my Instagram. Um, I actually went with uh, the owner of Down South Lures last year. And it happened to be a pretty good epic day where we were catching a bunch of schools of redfish, trying out some new uh, baits that he came out with. And the cool, the thing, the coolest part of the day was, hey, let's try to catch a redfish on a dollar bill. So we hooked a dollar <laughs> bill on a hook on a jig head and threw it out there in a school of redfish, and I actually ended up catching a, a redfish on a dollar bill. Um, that's awesome. You should have done great. it with a hundred dollar bill. No. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to send me $100, and I'll try it. Yeah, I might have to do it if I if I win a lottery or something like that. The dollar bill is still cheaper than using gold, too. That's that's true. That's, true. that's, that's true. a good way to look at it. It's cheaper than using a lot of baits. Um, now, you, I'm, I'm interested in the – you were saying you throw crankbaits around the jetties. Are y'all's jetties relatively shallow where you're fishing a square bill, or are you fishing something that dives a little bit deeper? Our jetties are fairly deep. I mean, we got jetties that are your channel. The channel side of the jetties is 30 to 40 foot deep, okay. 50 foot deep. Now there's even Porter Connor jetties down, you know, is what 80 foot deep. Kettle? 
there's a hundred and twenty eight foot hole with the Port O'Connor jetty. Yeah. So we're we're you know we're fishing the rocks. You you want that crankbait to touch those rocks. You want gotcha. it to bounce off those rocks, just like your bass fishing. Okay. Um, and same thing whenever we're fishing timber, like we can fish a lot of the rivers around here, and it's the same way. You're fishing the drop-offs where there's a bunch of timber, and, and not necessarily timber growing in the river. We're talking like log jams where there's a bunch of logs that floated down the river that are, you know, in a pile. And you're fishing those, and, you, and the same thing. You want that square bill or you want that crankbait to touch those. If you're not getting in those trees, you're not going to catch the fish, so. That's cool. It's just crazy when you talk to people from, from other states. Like that's just so different than any way I've ever caught redfish here. It's real cool. Um, log fishing, fishing around log jams in a river. Um, well, yeah, we, we went over tackle. Billy, you got any questions? I'm, I'm, we've got through tackle. We talked about the boats and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I just think it was pretty interesting that you, that Caleb, you were talking about uh, redfish being similar to bass fishing. I've, I've, I haven't really heard that, man. Can you dive a little bit in there and compare? Because it sounds like you started out with, you know, so, or freshwater fishing and then, you know, red fishing. So can you dive a little deeper in that? Or was it just kind of like, well, it just is similar? <laughs> kind of a no, weird question. No, but. sure. I mean, you're you're dealing with a fish that's, that's very aggressive. Um, you use a lot of the same lures. You use the spinner baits, um, crank baits. Yeah, the only thing I haven't tried yet uh, is a uh, jitterbug. I've always thought that would be a really cool redfish yeah, bait but cool. you're, you're you're looking for something that's going to move water and make commotion and, and trigger them to you know get angry and eat it which is i grew up fishing florida hybrid bass and uh another guy that fishes tournament with us named david he's a he's a pretty wicked bass fisherman and he'll he'll he'll, he'll bring his bass box straight to the bay and and do well with it so it it's it's the correlations are are there every time you go fishing for them and on top of that, you see uh, you'll see redfish hanging on structure a lot more than um, you would a trout. And I'm not talking about oyster structure. I'm talking about a a, a duck blind or a um, a log in the middle of water. Uh, we had a tournament last year where first fish of the day we broke it off on a popping cork, and I watched that cork go from log to log to log all around that cove. And every time it got to a piece of wood sticking out of the water, that cork would sit there and sit by it until we got closer and then we'd move to the next one. So wow, the, that's the, cool. If you know how to bass fish, it's not going to take much to know how to redfish. Yeah, for sure. Dude, you just built my confidence like 80%. Because I feel like <laughs> I'm a pretty decent bass fisherman, but when I come to redfishing, I'm like, golly, you suck. <laughs> but now that you said that, I'm taking my bass tackle box out, man. Forget all this saltwater stuff. I think you should. I'm my frog out there. I think you should. All right, so we talked about tackle a little bit, but if y'all both had to choose one one bait to throw to redfish for the rest of your life, what would it be? It were one confidence bait. What was the one thing, if you could only take one thing out there, what would you throw? Go ahead, Caleb. Gulp. Pop and cork and a gulp. Pop and cork and a gulp. There's nothing sexy about it. There's nothing fun about it. But 90% of the time, if they're not going to eat anything else, they will eat that pop and cork and a gulp. Yep. On turn of day, that's what I have. If I can't see them, that pop and cork and a gulp is getting worked all day long. And Taylor will tell you that nobody complains about it as much as I do. <laughs> but I'm throwing it all day long. Oh, the old poppy. The old pop and cork. All right, Taylor, what's your way in here, man? What are you going with? So, one lure for the rest of my life to throw, I would honestly have to... <laughs> it's a really shitty question. It really is, because, <laughs> I mean, do you want to catch numbers, or do you want to catch quality fish? Right. Do you want to catch or do you want to have fun? Exactly. Like, like Caleb said, you know, if you want to catch numbers, and you want to actually catch fish, you know, every single time, yeah, I would throw a popping fork and gold. But my favorite thing, absolutely, to throw is, is definitely top water. And, and and I'll be more specific. I like to throw a skitter walk. Um, Rapala skitter walk is is you know definitely my favorite top lure to throw, especially at redfish. What uh, eight hundred eight color? That right there. Here. Well, hold on a second. Let's see. Let me pull it up here. There you go. There he is. That's what you're looking for. Awesome. Yeah, that's the one. So. A golden black skitter walk. That's... I think it's a SW eight. All up and down the coast. That's it. That's a great one. That's the one. Oh man! I mean, so, so for me, there's just nothing more exciting about a fish blowing up and being able to see it blow up on the, on a on a lure than you know anything. So. For sure, yeah, man, that's cool. So, Judd, and in, in all fairness, man, you have to answer the same question. Oh, in all fairness, 
One, I, one I asked it, and now I'm trying to think of it for myself. Oh, it is man. a tricky one to, to think of because it's. I would probably have to go with the top water as well if I could only because you can you can still sight fish with it. It's a good search bait. You know, it covers water. It's a little more interesting than a popping cork, but I'd probably go with a with the top water as yeah. well. I'm gonna go with the dollar bill now that <laughs> I've learned that. Bill. I'm going with the dollar bill. <laughs> nice thing about dollar bill is you can fold it in all the different shapes. The Beetle spins. <laughs> a spinner bait's another good one though too, man. The spinner bait is uh or maybe a chatterbait. I'm gonna say a chatterbait just to change it up. I'd throw a chatterbait. Do y'all do y'all throw a lot of chatterbaits up there? They do okay up here. Um I don't throw them quite as much. I d I don't do most of my red fishing here is I'm sight fishing that, that two hours around the low tide. So I'm usually just throwing a jig. Um, and if I, if I am fishing higher tides, I'm fishing either like a gold spoon or a spinner bait or a chatter bait, something that's got some vibration more so than just like a, a jig head. Um, but in Louisiana, man, that chatter bait is silly. It's, I mean, and, and when, oh, yeah. when I went over there, or when I was down there guiding, typically like our, I was, I'm doing mostly fly fishing there, but, but our, uh, our confidence bait or our, our search bait, you know, I'd have one guy we're sight fishing off the bow with a fly rod. And then I'd have one guy standing in my cooler seat on my skiff, throwing a popping cork as far out off the bank as he can and just chugging it back in. And, uh, last year I just couldn't get him on the popping cork. And so we started throwing that chatter bait and the spinner bait off and that chatter bait, man, would just outfished everything. And it just, even a small chatter bait, those big fish were eating it in five, six feet of water. Uh, we were catching everything. We were catching sheep's head. Do what? I said I've tried it over here a few times the uh, the chatterbait thing and it it, it works good. It does, it does, yeah. It does. It does work. The only problem with it is you right. can't fish it quite as fast as you could a top water or spinnerbait. It rides up so quick in that water calm. Correct. But Robert and I went to Central Louisiana a couple of months ago. I was throwing a jig head with a plastic popping cork, everything I can get my hands on. I would catch a six pounder and Robert would cast right behind me with a spinner bait and catch an eight and a half. <laughs> and it, it became almost comical yeah. after an hour or two. That 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 spinner bait was just the bigger ones were loving it. Yeah, for sure. It's uh it's a fun it's a fun bite too. A lot of times it's like you it almost fe- it doesn't feel like a bite. It feels like, you know, almost slack on that chatterbait. It's like they come in and surge from behind it and eat it and you don't really feel it for a second. Um but cool. Well, do y'all want, we've got a few more minutes left. Um, do you think we got enough time to talk trout just a little bit? Yeah, man. I mean, we talk trout. It'd be fun. Well, break, break down y'all's wherever you want to take it. Y'all's kind of trout fishing, trout obsession. Let's just talk big gator trout, big Texas trout for five minutes, wherever y'all want to take the conversation, <laughs> giving y'all full reign. So, so right now, the the key to the game seems to be that we have these fronts coming in. It's really cooling the water off and doing it quickly. Um, post front, right before the front gets there, you've got the barometer acting wacky, and and uh, and they're going to eat. And then the the key to the back side of that front seems to be uh, a couple of days after, whenever the sun comes out and starts warming the shallow water back up, you'll get those big trout laying in singles and pairs. Uh, you know, up in that shallow water closer to the grass line. Last year was a different a different um, situation than most of us have ever seen to where the big trout were actually in schools of 8, 10, 20 fish versus, you know, historically, you know, being singles and pairs. But it, it's getting it's getting good. I've seen a 10 and a half and a 9 and a half in the past seven days. So mm. uh, they're starting to do what they're supposed to. So what do you think played into last year with those big trout schooling like that? You know, I some people are blaming it on the burn boats. Down here we had a lot of big trout tournaments and there were there were boats burning real close to the grass line almost daily. And we're thinking maybe those bigger fish just quit going up on that grass line and, and hanging out in, you know, belly to chest deep water. And that's what made them school up in bigger groups. But Really, I haven't had anything, you know, scientifically that would that would explain it. You know, yeah. when you go out and have a day where you have 20 fish over 25 inches, that's almost an unheard of. Usually, yeah. when you get done playing out of playing out a good bite, you've had five or six over 25 inches. So there's something going on, but I like it. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Now, do you feel like? And I hear this all the time, and I'm I'm no, I'm no expert trout fisherman by any means. But here people are like, oh, you know, you might catch a big 25 plus inch trout with, you know, schooling trout, but you're typically going to hit them by himself. Is, is that something that, that plays into 
um, the fishing down there. I mean, can you be sitting there catching, you know, 18, 20 inch trout and then pretty commonly catch a big fish in that or are you usually finding it by themselves? I think that whenever you catch a, um, when you're catching 18 to 20 inch trout and you catch a big ones because those smaller ones moved on and the bigger ones showed up. Gotcha. Um, I, I think you can catch as many as you want that are upper slot fish as long as that particular group is hanging in that area. I've found that, you know, I'll be catching some smaller ones and then, then some redfish will just start showing up for some, for no reason. And you start catching five, six, seven pound redfish. And then, you know, when the, when, when the trout do show up with that, they tend to be better fish. Gotcha. That's cool. Um, we had a question here. Daryl Holtz is a redfish, a trophy fish. <laughs> I, I have a, I think a you might be playing into uh stepbrothers quote <laughs> i i know a lot of lines from step brothers but i'm not gonna say any of them on your show <laughs> that's all right <laughs> but yeah i'd say it's a trophy fish what no, were you gonna say though i interrupted I, you I have, I have a slot that is almost 12 pounds that i caught years ago with my dad and i still have fond memories of it to me to me though a trophy redfish you know aside from one that gets you paid at a tournament is you know one of a lot of really cool spots or something like yeah that. for so, sure What's y'all? What are y'all's biggest redfish on uh, on artificials? Uh, forty eight inches. Forty eight inches. Yeah, it's a stud. Yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you. Uh, it's probably right there with Taylor. Taylor and I fish a lot of the same waters. We're catching the same sort of fish, so that yeah. they're they're definitely big ones. So Do we we take pictures of them and say, "Man, look at that thing!" And I can't say that I've ever even measured one. Yeah. Do you uh do you see those, those oh, sorry. bigger fish like a, a lot of those bigger fish like the the, the big 40 50 you know 40 inch fish mm -hmm. those are mainly you know we're catching those at the jetties yeah, or yeah. in the surf in the surf you know somewhere like that yeah so you're not seeing them in the same areas in that shallow water like you do in Louisiana right whenever we're throwing a crankbait looking for slot redfish and you happen across a a big bull red that's you know 40 40 plus inches so yeah that's cool that's super cool. Well, guys, uh, we usually you you want to you want to take it away with the the closing. Yeah, man. No, I mean, first of all, just appreciate you guys being being on the show and and coming on and sharing a little Texas red fishing with us. I know it's a little different when you're talking to some guys that don't fish in the same waters, the same area, and trying to stir up that conversation. But we appreciate you sharing, you know, what you can and and uh, you know from a distance. I think it's just so interesting some of the correlations and 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 I get so captivated in just listening. I forget like I'm co-hosting the show, so I was like over here like man, like thinking about redfish being like a bass. Like it's all I've been thinking about for 10 minutes. Like how can I go catch more redfish? But anyway, right, right. that's a whole different thing. So, so really appreciate you guys coming on the show, man. And just, uh, just thank you so much for being on. And we'd love to bring you on again at a later time and, and maybe really dig into, you know, some other trout fishing. I think we've, you know, pre-show, we kind of really hit off on the trout fishing yeah. stuff. So but we could definitely have you back on and talk about some, uh, you know, dirty thirties and, and, and doing stuff like that and trying to target those, those bigger trout. Uh, so man, appreciate it guys. We really appreciate you coming on. No, it, it was a great time and, uh, catch, catch us a little bit later in the year and we'll be more into the, the trout fishing and have some stories for you. Um, we'll, we'll tell you how we, how, how we did it. We can't tell you where we did it, but we'll tell you how we did it. And, um, Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Dude, I'm so glad you said that. That's been like the my favorite thing uh, of all time so far. Is like everything I see on the internet is just like Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> that was great. That I'm was, gonna have to have a mug. That just I was gonna say, that. do you have any closing words? But I think I think that was it. That was the closer, man. <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, dude, we appreciate you guys and, and, and everybody watching. We really appreciate you watching and listening. If you're listening to our podcast or you're watching here on Facebook or on our YouTube channel. Uh, and if you haven't downloaded our podcast, go over to iTunes, wherever, download that, check it out, listen to it on your way uh, to work or whatever, because we're a lot better to listen to than look at. So that's, that's pretty sure. good. Especially because I forgot my hat tonight. <laughs> no worries, dude. I don't know why you give yourself such a hard time about no I hat, man. Such an I like head, man. We're just going to get you a wig that you can just, whoop, just <laughs> pop on there. Um, so anyway, guys, we're going to give away this, uh, VB fish prints. Um, this, uh, hold on. Somebody said what it was. Somebody in the chat. Let's see if I can find it. Let's see who was uh, what the, what that style of, of print is called. Yeah. Not that I can read it. Oh, here it is. But... 
Yotaku. Yotaku. Yotaku? Oh, no, okay, I messed that one up bad. Process of printing, I believe. Anyway, how are we going to give this away? We're giving it away for likes, comments, shares. What are we doing? I think we should just do it for uh, for, for comments. Okay, let's go. Scroll All through right, there. Scrolling, scrolling. Pick, it, pick a random one. Here we go. Let's see here. Sydney Salibi. Sydney, what's up? You just won. So what you want to do is make sure you send us your shipping information to our Facebook page right here. So just hit message, send that right over, or on our Instagram account, wherever you follow us on, and go check. Um, yeah, send us all your shipping stuff, and we'll ship it out to you. Yep, yep. Awesome. Easy as that. Super Sh easy. Show 22 right show there. Show 22, Don. Thanks again, guys, for coming on. Yeah, awesome. Thank and, you so uh, much. Yeah, for sure, and we will uh, we'll see y'all next week. We've got actually another Texas guest, Meredith McCord. Um, our, she travels all over. Our first lady angler on the show. First lady angler. She's so a good excited. friend, and and she's she's traveled and fished all over the world. It's going to be kind of just a a traveling and angling uh, episode. Yeah. So and I think we'll in the winter, I think in the winter months we're getting a little, you know, like we've talked a lot about North Carolina fishing, and so we're trying to branch out a little bit to different places mm -hmm. and and learn different cultures of fishing and different different strategies in different areas. So um, for the people who are watching or listening, you know, don't give up so quick on the, just cause it's not, you know, and 90% of our audience is from North Carolina. Right. So I, I think when you guys see redfish, you're like, ah, I'm out. But you know, I'd learned so much uh, just off these, off this show and listening to, to these guys bring that red, you know, that Texas experience. Yeah, there's so much to learn, so, you know, that you can take from yeah. other places and apply here. So. so I'm excited for our guest next week, man. She's yeah. going to crush it. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. But thanks it's again, guys. Awesome. And, uh, uh, we'll see y'all next week. That's it. We'll see you next week. Have a great night. Bye. Bye.